Welcome to Testimonies with Tiffany, the podcast that is sure to challenge and grow your faith. Join me as we hear personal testimonies from ordinary people having radical encounters with Jesus. Together, we'll learn the power of believing God and His Word. I hope it inspires you to look at how God is showing Himself faithful in your life and challenges you to step out and testify. Welcome back to Testimonies with Tiffany. I'm your host, Tiffany Tombrey. Hello, everyone. The testimonies have been pouring in, and it has been incredibly amazing. We are more than halfway through season three, and I have just been in amazement at the connections that I've got to make through this opportunity, through this platform of podcasting. I've been amazed at hearing the goodness and faithfulness of God and each person that comes on and shares their story and I'm just constantly reminded that we serve a God who is personal. We serve a personal God. And that to me is very refreshing. You know, it's such an opportunity to be able to use by God to share the hope of glory with others. So listen, if you're new to Testimonies with Tiffany, I want to welcome you and tell you that I'm glad you're here. I believe that the Lord is going to minister to you today powerfully through my guest and her testimony, and you're going to walk away from this episode encouraged. You're going to walk away just wanting to grow in your relationship with God. You're going to walk away wanting to have a conversation with Father. You're going to walk walk away wanting God to just reveal himself in a new way to you. I believe that God is going to renew your hope in him. Because we serve a God who is ever faithful. My guest today is a single mom of three teenagers who she homeschools. She works from home for a tech company that's based out of Japan. She is blessed to have been born into an amazing Christian family. And she told me she was born on a Wednesday and that next Sunday she was at church. And that's how her life has always been. Today, my guest, it is an especially special, that is a mouthful of words, a special episode because my guest today, she's a high school friend. She was a cheerleader in high school. I was on the dance team in high school. Um, we went to school together. We graduated together. I believe at one point our brothers played sports together. And so I'm excited to hear what the Lord has done in her life since then. So I am honored and privileged to introduce to y'all my guest today, Miss Cassie Stillwell. Hello, Cassie. Hi, Tiffany. How are you? Good. I'm so glad that we could make this happen and that I think that you're actually my first high school friend that's been on the podcast. So I'm excited about that. Yeah, me too. That's cool. (laughs) It is cool because I, you know, a lot of stuff changes when we get out of high school. You know, it's that season where we're, we're um, navigating our freedom on a whole new level and we're learning who we are and you know, what we want to do with our life. And then husbands come and children come and all these other things come careers and we experience loss and all of that. And it's fun to look at different people that I went to high school with and see how the Lord is moving in their life. I know the other day I was just thinking, I wonder how many preachers came out of our group of, you know, our group of students. I wonder how many evangelists we had in our class. I wonder how many prophets we had in our class. I wonder how many are following the Lord faithfully out of our class. We, I feel like we had a bigger class. Um, my husband, he went to school and it was one campus K through 12. And I think he had nine people that graduated in his class. And (laughs) I know, I think we, I mean, I think we had probably around 300. I could be off on that, but it, it feels like I think that. you're right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm like, when my husband said nine, I was like, wait, what? I, I couldn't <laughs> imagine. And no. so it's just fun to, to see what the Lord is doing in, in people's lives that I spent 12 years of my life with. And so anyways, yeah. I'm glad to have you on. I'm excited to hear what the Lord has done. And so I'm going to go ahead and let you take it away, girl. Okay, thank you. I'm excited too. Um, I know we had kind of talked, I was hoping to have like a co-guest with me today and things didn't work out to where she could make it. Um, her name is Laura. I'm hoping she's still, well, I'm praying that she will still give her testimony maybe one day for you because it, her testimony alone is just amazing, not even where it intertwines with mine, but um, she is such a blessing to me and she gave me 
full disclosure to say anything, um, you know, because some of the things uh, that I will share today about her, um, you know, they, they did, don't paint in the best light, but she knows I use Grace and I know she's come full 180 degrees and I'm so proud of her and I'm proud to call her my sister, my friend. Um, and so this is my story of how an unlikely person was used, you know, God used her to help protect my children in a time that they really needed to be protected. Um, he also used her to teach me some patience and know that like what I wanted to happen with my children was not going to happen on my timing. And I'm thankful that it didn't now looking back because she would not have made the transformation that she needed to make in life. And so, um, of course, when I was going through it, I didn't see it and I was mad and I was angry and, um, God really changed my attitude and, um, blessed me and blessed my children and blessed her and it all worked out. So, um, I can't wait to share all of this with you guys. Um, so I know we grew up together, but um, I mean, there I think there were times we had classes together we didn't. So um, I'm not sure like you even know some of this stuff about me, but you know, I think a lot of our class, we had a lot of ambitious people. They wanted to go be, you know, whatever um, president, like uh, all of them were going off to college. They were all going to make something of themselves. And, I was terrified to have to go to college. I was like, I don't want to go to college. I want to be a wife and I want to be a mom. And I have been saying that to my family since I was about five years old. And I was like, yeah, that's just, that's what I want to do. And so as we're approaching graduation, I'm single. And this sounds so crazy now. Cause I'm like, girl, you were 18. Like, you know, you should have been, um, but I was just so nervous and I was so mad. And I thought I'm going to have to go to college. I'm not going to be able to be a mom and a wife. Um, Cause you know, as 18 year olds, we think we got to have what we want now and that we know it all. Um, so as graduation was approaching in comes my children's father. Um, I had known him. He was a little bit older than us in school. Not someone I would ever, ever think I would ever be with um, for just so many several reasons. But I was young and vulnerable. And, um, you know, God, I think, you know, the, he, if we're not going down the path he has chosen for us, he will give us warning signs, but he will still allow us to make our own choices. And thankfully, he will usually use those things, you know, in good ways as much as he can, as much as we allow, um, depending on like our next moves. So by the time I walked across the graduation stage to get my diploma, I was pregnant and married and I thought I did it. Like not only did I graduate, but I am fixing to have the life that I wanted. Um, so I was just happy and naive and blissful, um, and thought, okay, God, let me have the, you know, my desires and, um, I'm just gonna, you know, be a little Susie homemaker at 18 and I'm gonna live my life like this for the rest of my life. And I did for a while. I, um, I was a stay at home mom for seven years. Um, I had three kids in five years. Um, I was not married to the greatest person, but he was out of town a lot for work. He always worked. He always, um, you know, there was always money, um, you know, those things. We didn't really have a relationship, but again, I was so young. I didn't know that we weren't connecting, that we weren't, um, you know, actually live. I mean, we were living like a married couple, but we weren't doing the things and putting in the work to be a married couple. Um, and honestly, I think the reason why we did last so long is because he worked out of town so much. And so I got to live my dream of being home with my babies and, um, Anyways, you can fast forward to my almost like during my seventh year of marriage with my third baby on my hip and my eyes were just blown wide open. Um, come to find out my husband at the time was a meth addict and I had absolutely zero idea. Um, I know that people say, oh, the wife had to have known something was going on or this and that. But I grew up in a very large, very loud, very Christian home. Um, we didn't, we weren't around drugs. We weren't introduced to things like that. I didn't know the signs of those things. Um, so it wasn't until my grandpa actually figured it out and my pastor at the time. Um, and they came to me 
and were talking to me and, you know, they were letting me know what was going on. And, and at, at this point he had spiraled pretty bad. He wasn't coming home at all. Um, there was money missing, just different things that I still couldn't put my finger on what he was doing. Um, so my grandpa came to me and was like, you know, we don't believe in divorce. It's not something that we're taught, but I think God will be okay if you, you know, I think he will forgive you if you need to get out of this and, you know, we're here. And, um, at first I did not want that. I said, no, I'm going to stick this through. Um, one part of it, I was so afraid to like, I've never really had a real job. I didn't go to college. What was I going to do to take care of these three children? Um, I also didn't want to leave them. I'd never been away from them for more than 12 hours um, from the time they were born up until this point. Um, so I tried to to work it out. Um, he progressed. He got a little bit better. Um, he would go to church, though, because uh, my family, like I said, we're big. We were always together. Every Sunday, my grandma would cook. If you didn't go to church, you didn't eat. So he would get up and go to church because he was not about to miss a free meal. So I thought, well, he can't be you know, that bad. He's going to church. He even joined a discipleship class with me. Um, but come to find out that was just to help his uh, cover of being like you know, a good person. Um, so anyways, uh, I tried to hang in there. Um, it progressively got worse. Um, his drug addiction would cause him paranoia, which would put like me and my kids in danger. Um, and it was at that point that I just knew like, this is not where God would want me to stay. Um, like he never asked us to sacrifice like our safety for a relationship. So, um, anyways, filed for divorce, got out of there. He did a lot of scheming with attorneys and stuff at my back. The state of Texas is not always sad with the, the woman. Um, it was a very big battle, ended up going 50-50 custody, which absolutely broke my heart because not only did I not want to be away from my kids, and I'm not one of those moms that's like, oh, you know, I just don't want my kids with their other parent. Had he been a good parent and not on drugs and, you know, not putting my kids in dangerous situations, like I obviously would have wanted him to be as there as much as possible. Um, but that just wasn't the case. There was um, the weeks that he would have the kids my saving grace would be that they would be at school during the week and I would be able to go see their little faces at school at least because um, he wouldn't let me speak to them. There was no seeing them after school. But then there would be weeks that he would be coming off the drugs and he just wouldn't get up. So my kids wouldn't go to school for two or three days. I would have to send cops out there for a welfare check. Just, I mean, so stressful, so aggravating, um, you know, trying to get back into the courts, trying to have him drug tested, but he was very good at getting away with that as well. Um, I, I don't know the whole process of being able to pass a drug test, but um, he would make it happen. Uh, I just felt very defeated. But the fact that he was on a downward spiral to where he was not sending them to school and I was getting, you know, those police reports and all of that, my attorneys felt like I was building a better case to get them out of his house every other week um and everybody would be like my family my friends like just the verse romans eight twenty eight would pop up just in random spaces for me and you know and that is and we know that all things work together for good to them that love god to them who are called according to his purpose and that verse would make me so mad and i would be like what good is this like what good could this possibly you know bring my children are being forced to go somewhere they don't want to be i'm you know a nervous wreck because i don't know if they're going to be okay if they have food if they are clean if there are drugs being done in the house like you know us mamas having to leave our babies at all anytime is you know scary and and uncomfortable enough but when you know they're in that kind of situation and you can't do anything about it it's a million times worse so um, it just was a very horrible time in my life. And I was going to college and working two jobs and it just, I think I cried every day probably. Um, so, um, you know, it, it was looking better. It was looking more promising that, that, Hey, I've got these actual police records now that maybe the judge will, will see that there's a problem. Um, so <clears throat> he, um, it, right about the time we were refiling for court he brings home this woman my kids come running in the door and they're like hey mom dad has a girl living at the house and she's got a son and i'm like what and 
I, you know, he didn't tell me anything about her. I called him and I was like, Hey, you know, the kids. And he was like, that's not your business. You know, um, if I wanted you to know, and then my heart was broken too. Cause I thought she's a mom. Like, why isn't she reaching out to me and telling me like, Hey, I'm going to be around your kids now. I just want to let you know. Um, I just couldn't understand the situation. So I go into like research mode and I find out who she is and I go hire a private investigator and I run a background check and I find out that she has um, custody of her son, but she doesn't have custody of her daughter because of drug charges. And she was working a program to get her child back. And I was like, this doesn't make any sense. So she's on drugs, but she's trying to get off and she's moved into, you know, this house with my three children and I can't do anything about it. And so now I'm like very livid. I'm thinking, great. Like, cause at least she was making sure they were going to school every day that they were going to school cleaner than they had been. And I'm like, this is going to look better for him because now he's got a woman over there and I just felt defeated and I felt mad. And, um, people would tell me, God's got this figured out. He's going to bring the truth to light. Like you're going to get your kids back full time. And I'm just so upset. And I'm like, but they're growing up and I'm missing all this time with them. And, you know, I just like, the more people would tell me that, you know, God had this in control, I, the more, the matter I would get, um, which shows you how I think in our Christian walk, we can go from being very baby Christians to very seasoned Christians. And I think we can backtrack, backtrack and go back into being like infants again, because my faith and my um, the time I was spending in the word and the time I was spending in prayer was like nothing. I was like a, a brand new infant, um, all over again. And I was just angry and I wanted what I wanted now. Um, and I was just fit to be tied that God allowed this woman to like come in and, and make things look a little better. Um, so needless to say, me and her did not get along. Um, I thought, that maybe she wouldn't last very long, you know, I'm like, okay, drugs make people do crazy things. Um, but I still, I never talked to her. I never had really a face to face with her. Um, she thought horrible things of me. Obviously he told her all kinds of things about me. So she believed him. I, I mean, I don't blame her. Um, so anyway, so we had several years of just, we kept everything separate. Um, I did not reach out to her at all when my kids needed something. I would text him. Um, I, I mean, not even needing something, but just like informing him, like the kids are going to the doctor today or whatnot. Um, and so we went like on like that for years and I still took him back to court and I still fought him every single time there was an opening to go back to court. Like I would go back and fight for more and more time with my children and to get them out of that situation. Um, anyways, one day, my son was in my oldest son was in seventh grade and I don't reward my children for things like if they make good grades or they take out the trash I'm like you get to live here like you're supposed to make good grades <laughs> you're supposed to help clean the house um and so he had made National Honor Society and he had made the first string football team like all in the same week so I thought it was kind of like a big week for him and I decided to like make his favorite lunch get a cake have the family over and just kind of celebrate Trevor for the day and something not something it was God the Holy Spirit was telling me like as soon as I decided that he was like you need to call Laura and invite her and their dad and I'm like no I don't want those people in my house like I am not doing that there's no way and it just it kept nagging at me and it kept nagging at me and so I was like all right I'm good I'm gonna invite them and I'm thankful that I did because that was the first time I'd really sat and had any time with Laura and I could just tell something was wrong with her and she kept going into my bathroom and at first I thought oh no she's pregnant like I thought and she was like my stomach is just so upset it just kept giving me like this really strange look and like the, their dad, her husband, my ex-husband would not let her out of his sight around me. Um, and finally, I think he had to go move a car or something for someone. And so me and her got just like a few minutes together and she was like, I really would like to talk to you about some stuff. And I was like, okay. And she's like, I don't know when would be a good time. And we kind of set up a time and he didn't realize that we were going to talk and, um, so we met and talked and she just gave me her full story of how, yes, she met him whenever 
she was doing drugs that she went there back home with him to get sober. And that's what she believed that they were both doing as they were both getting sober. Um, and she was, she was a hundred percent in, she has never looked back since then. That's been, Oh, I want to say four or five, at least five years ago, probably now. Um, she was doing every step. She got custody of her daughter back. She was really, I mean, she had thrown herself into the Lord, thrown herself into church, church ministry. She does a lot with the Celebrate Recovery. Um, she's in college now to do social work to help people that need help. So she really took off and knew like that was her point to get her life together. Um, but he was not doing the same thing. And it took her a very long time to figure that out. And so my heart was breaking for her at that moment. And I was like, I've been mad at you and thinking you were my enemy the whole time. And which she was never my enemy. He's never been my enemy. Satan is enemy. And he's just got a hold of, you know, him. And um, so I just cried and I thought, man, what if I had not invited her to that lunch that day? Like I would have never got this information. I would have never became on her side. I would have never appreciated the fact that um, while he was still spiraling, she was there and she was protecting my children from things. She was protecting them from, you know, the things that they would have seen that they shouldn't have seen. She was making sure that they were fed, that they were clothed, that they were in school. Um, all these things that like, never would I have realized that had we not had that talk and had God not been working on my heart about that. Um, and about getting to know her and listening to her. Um, but her situation with him had gotten much worse and she was ready to leave as well. And so she just wanted to talk to me about it. Um, so uh, she did end up leaving. She did end up being an advocate for me in court after that. Um, she is someone that I would still let pick up my children. I would still let spend time with my children. Um, me and her had lunch last week. And I still just, I sit in awe when I'm around her. And I think like, I love this woman with my whole heart and I'm so grateful for her. And I just can't even tell her that enough or like even make her understand that um, she, I think was put, I believe she was put in that situation for the use of the safety of my children, but it was also so that she could get sober. She could do what she was supposed to do. And had my kids not been there, she probably would have left and not done exactly what she was supposed to do. Um, I just believe it all worked out for the good of those of us that love the Lord. Um, <laughs> so it was just a really, it gives me chills to this day still. And it reminds me um, daily too, like, oh my gosh, like look what God did in this situation. Like, He's still working so many other situations for me. And I'm think I always think back to this, like how crazy is it that my, you know, ex-husband's second wife would have been such an advocate for me and my children and been um, part of the lesson of teaching me patience and the bigger picture. Cause God obviously had such a bigger picture with that, um, that work and that testimony and, and with her recovery and what she was trying to do um, in her life. So um, it wasn't the way I wanted it done. It wasn't the way that um, made me the happiest, but um, it did work out in that way. And she actually ended up going through a lot worse things with him. Um, not only did he turn out to be a meth head, he turned out to be a thief. He stole her identity, ordered a bunch of things and a bunch of credit cards. He is now wanted for 15 felony counts of credit card and identity theft that he committed during Harvey pretending to remodel people's homes and opening credit cards in their name. Um, so because of all of those things, he has not had any contact with my children in, I think we're going on five years now, um, which it's actually been a blessing and a, such a lighter load on my children, like to watch my children over the last you know, several years, they have just felt more peace. Um, they, uh, they, they have um, confidence, you know, that he's not going to come try to just run their day, you know, come up here, just show himself. And, you know, it was just always chaos when we would have to deal with him. And we never knew like when it would be chaos and when he would be, you know, okay to deal with. And so, um, God even turned those bad things that he did into good for us because as a family now, just us four, we've been able to be together, to heal, to um, openly now talk about it because they're, they're old enough now. I never 
would tell them, you know, that their dad was doing drugs or the things that he was doing. But now that, that they are, my youngest is 15, my oldest is 19. So they're aware now of the whole entire situation and they're thankful to her as well that she was there for them um, because they didn't like her much either when she's in the home. Like she was the evil stepmother that was making them eat vegetables and they just wanted to go to my house and <laughs> not be force fed vegetables and stuff like that. So um, yeah, they just, we all kind of realized that she was put in our life. And like I said, to me, she was an unlikely candidate. Like what mom that ends up having to share their kids with their ex-husband doesn't want like a super good, like, stepmom that's maybe like um, CPR certified and maybe a teacher or maybe, um, you know, a Sunday school teacher or something. And I was like, this, this is who he's bringing, you know, around. And I mean, I don't judge now and I should have never judged then she, you know, because she was getting her life together and um, uh, I'm thankful for that. So yeah, it just was really kind of cool to look back and think like the first time I ever laid eyes on her, I thought, no. And now I'm like, I couldn't love her more. I cheer her on and all of the things that she's doing. And it was just simply that God was doing a work in me, doing a work in her and then using it all for um, his good and for the good of everything that needed to happen in our lives, our children's lives, and uh, the victory is his, obviously, um, and the victory is ours through him. So um, it was just a really cool thing to watch unfold in, in my life um, in a time where I was angry and had a bad attitude and God sh still showed me grace and love and um, the victory. So um, it's pretty humbling too. Amen. Well, I have took a bunch of notes. I feel like there's a there's a lot of nuggets in here um, yes. that I feel like the Holy Spirit just kind of highlighted and gave me some scriptures to kind of back up the things that you were saying. And, um, you know, the first thing I think about is, um, you know, you talked about how your dream was, I don't want to go to college. I just want to have family. I want to be married. This is what I want. And I want to speak to that for those who are listening to this podcast, that desire of Cassie's was not bad because God yeah. put it in her. It's mm -hmm. okay. If you're listening to this right now and you're like, man, I can relate to Cassie. I don't want to go to college or I don't want to climb the corporate ladder or I don't want to be an entrepreneur because what, what has happened, I think, as I have gotten older, it's progressively gotten worse, in my opinion, that the culture is just mm -hmm. in a place where if we don't do exactly what the world says, we're shamed, we're, you know, we're outcasts, we like, we just don't, it's just like, we don't matter. You know, there's no respect. There's no, we, we have lost this culture of honor. And, mm -hmm. and so I think it's a beautiful thing that that was the desire of your heart. I too never had a desire to go to college. The thought of college, the same as you, it terrified me. The thought of being in school four more years was like, are you kidding me? I mm -hmm. do not want to do that. And so I can completely relate to that. I just wanted to validate that desire and dream that Cassie had. I believe it was from the and that. You know, it doesn't, you don't have to fit into this cookie cutter, what it says to like achieve the dream or to achieve success. The Bible's so clear. The Bible says that we should seek the approval of one and that is God, that we should not right. be people after the approval of man. And that is something if I'm being, if I'm having a hot moment, as it's name of uh, honest, open and transparent, I I've been going through a season where God's been really dealing with me about the approval of man and the fear of man and how much mm -hmm. that has dictated the course of my life and how that has, um, uh, because of the power I've given to people around me, it has caused me to fall into places and seasons of complacency. It's caused me to shrink back and not walk in the fullness of God. It's called me to question the anointing on my life. And I've got, I feel like I'm getting to a place where we don't have time for that. I want to be a woman mm -hmm. of God who knows that I've been equipped. I've been called, I've been anointed and that I want to fulfill the call as Ephesians 4, 1 says, I want to walk worthy of that call. Wait, you know what? I believe that that's the heart of every 
true follower of Jesus Christ is that when they stand before Jesus, they want to hear him say, well, and faithful servant. And, and so Mm -hmm. that's going to, that, I believe that's picking up our cross and dying daily. And also just being, being settled with, this is how God created me. This is the dreams and desires he has placed within me. And it is okay that it doesn't look like hers or his or theirs. And, and just really, really settling into that place, letting Jesus become our confidence. And so, you know, as you went through all of this stuff and you got, you had this, you know, your dream is being fulfilled. This is what you think you want. Um, I love that you said at 18, we all think we know everything. That is a valid point. Um, yes. <laughs> I think even like my eight-year-old thinks he knows everything that he needs to know and wants. And I'm like, oh, sweet baby. <laughs> uh, and, and so, but, you know, we there's different ways we go about. Well, we can see it all through the Bible. If we strive, we get ahead of God. God will allow us to make wrong decisions. We will mm-hmm. reap the consequences of those. And right. and so I believe that goes into relationship. If God didn't tell us that his will or his blessing was on this relationship and we choose to go forward and get married, that that relationship can actually end in destruction or cause damage or, or you know, not be God's perfect will. We can look, we can look at Saul and David. Saul was the people's choice when the, the children of Israel wanted a king. They were so, they were so determined to have a king and Samuel went before God and God was like, no, I need to be their king. And Samuel was mm-hmm. like, God, God needs to be your king. Like God is your king. And the children of Israel weren't having that. They were set on, no, this is a desire. This is what we want. We want a king. And so Samuel goes back to God and God says, okay, go ahead, go anoint somebody, yeah. give them a king. And the people chose Saul. And we see what Saul did at the end of Saul's reign. Well, first of all, because he was pressured, he felt the pressure of the voices around him. He went ahead and offered sacrifices that he was not ordained to do. And because of that, when Samuel showed up, Samuel said, why have you done this? And and Saul said, well, the people were going to leave. And he's talking about this pressure that he felt. So he felt compelled to do what he was not supposed to do. And Samuel said, because you disobeyed the Lord, you'll lose your kingdom forever today. And so he mm-hmm. lost his kingdom. And then we see at the end of Saul's reign, he is he is consulting witches to figure out what the will of God is. Again, that was the people's choice. Now, God's choice was David. Look at what David mm-hmm. did. Look at the reign of David. That was God's choice. That was God's anointed. And so I, I share that because we can have dreams and desires that God has placed in us. But if we miss the timing of God and we go in the arm of the flesh and we're not submitted to the father's voice and in his timing, we can make a mess of things. And fortunately, we reap the consequences of those. Now, that does not mean that God does not show grace and God does not show compassion and God does not show mercy. Of course. And I believe that you experienced all of that. And I believe that God has actually redeemed your story and he is restored stolen all through as I was listening to you I kept thinking he's a god of justice when I thought about your children and what I had to endure and putting myself in your shoes and trying to relate to the journey that you've been on I I did I had to shut I want to shut my mind off like I don't even want to go there because I can't imagine the heartbreak that you endured that the grief that you experienced the, the fear of the unknown as a mother and knowing that your children were in a, in a very unhealthy situation and that you had done all you could do. And, and of course, like as a mother, and I believe Cassie, this is true for you. You just surrender them to the Lord. I think about Moses's mom when mm-hmm. Herod was out to kill all the Jewish boys, she did what she did. I believe she did what the best thing that she could have done for Moses. She, put him in that ark and she sent him down the Nile and God in his graciousness and God, a God of justice brought Moses back around and Moses was taken care of. He was nursed by his mom while she got paid for it. And then he Mm -hmm. was set over the, the, you know, the Egyptian, he was in the Egyptians, you know, he was a ruler, uh, you know, Pharaoh. And so it's just interesting how, even our bad choices, God will redeem. Even when we get out of his timing and we get out of his will, man, God is such a good God that he will so graciously be like, you know, as, as long as we're willing, God help us. Like I've made a mess of thing about Sarah and Abraham. They were mm-hmm. promised a child. 
got impatient and they went ahead of the Lord, Ishmael came about. Now, God still right. blessed Ishmael, but they made a mess of things and had to go. Th- they were not, ne- I, I believe had to go through Never. had they just been patient nope. and waited on the lord and so the big thing i think about one of the takeaways from your story is that you have grown through what you've gone through and i love what you said we yes. go through seasons where we can be seasoned christians and then there's times where we'll go through something and we experience something and we can actually begin to waver in our faith and we don't feel so seasoned anymore and um, right. it, it's true. The Bible says we're walking out our salvation with fear and trembling. We're all at different places in our relationship with the Lord. And that's the beautiful thing about being a follower. And um, and, and so I just think it's beautiful. I, I think, too, that, you know, nothing is too hard for the Lord. It says in Jeremiah, I believe, chapter 29, it says nothing is too hard for the Lord. I think about your marriage and, and had this man been had a heart of repentance and had a relationship with Jesus and truly wanted freedom, I believe that your scenario would look a lot different. And and it doesn't right now. And and that's okay because God is still God. God is the God of justice. And uh, the Bible says that his throne is established on justice and righteousness. And we see the hand of God bringing justice in your family through Laura, position be able to be eyes and ears over your children and to be able to help them, um, you mm-hmm. know, in the season where they needed that. And, and even now, you know, with your children not having any contact with your husband, your ex-husband because of, you know, his, where he's at. Um, mm-hmm. Again, I believe that that, that is God just his protection. And, and I believe, you know, if there's anybody listening and you're like, Tiffany, but you don't know what this person did and I'm still waiting on justice and you don't know how they wronged me. I want to encourage you that, that God will expose the darkness and that God does the have, God does have the final say and that he like justice is who he is. And he, his, he, he cannot, he's not an unjust God and whether justice whether God chooses to bring justice now or five years from now, now that isn't that isn't our responsibility. That that isn't for us necessarily to know. He's a sovereign God. This is, I believe, in situations like this, we have to just take him at his word. We have to settle in our heart that God's word is true. That God is for me. Loves my children in your situation. God loved your children and that he, his hand was upon them. I think about Psalm 91, you know, and how he sends, we have angels assigned to us that take charge concerning us, that we wouldn't even bash our foot against a stone. That's how much God wants to protect us, how, you know, and, and I think about the love that you have for your children, how much more does father love them? And so if right. you're in a situation where you to Cassie and maybe your children are in a in an unsafe environment. I want to encourage you. Start memorizing Psalm 91. Start declaring that over your children as they go away. And I love what Cassie said. Before she even said it, I had already wrote it down. I wrote down Romans 8:28. And I wanted to <laughs> encourage you. If you are maybe your marriage right now is falling apart, you can relate to that that part of Cassie's story. I want to encourage you. There's nothing too hard for the Lord. I have seen God redeem marriages from the pit of hell. And I have seen him, these marriages be better than what they were when they were on their first day of marriage. Okay. And so I want to encourage you that nothing is impossible with God. And that Romans 8, 28, like Cassie said, God will work it all together for your good and his glory. And, and so I want to encourage you, memorize Psalm 91, declare it over your Go and look up scripture that talk about God's protection and God's justice and begin to get those that word deep down in you and let it let it just settle the matter in you that you're going to walk by faith and you're going to take God at his word and ask the Lord. God, I love what Cassie said. Cassie said that that scripture made her mad for a season because she's like, I don't see how you're working this out for my good. And, and that's exactly to pray. Ask the Lord to give you eyes to see God. How are you working my situation out for my good and your glory? Give me eyes to see how you're working this all together. I need to see how you're working this all together. And um, and and wait for him. He's. I believe he's going to speak. I believe he's going to begin to show you. 
Another scripture on God is justice. I was thinking about Isaiah 30, 18, Isaiah 61, 8 says, therefore, the Lord waits to be gracious to you and exalts himself to show mercy to you. For he is the Lord, the God of justice and blessed are all those who wait for him. We may be in a season of waiting on the Lord of justice to move, but that does not mean he's not going to move. And so I want to encourage you to wait on the Lord. The Bible says in Isaiah 40 that those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. Maybe for you today, that's praying, God, renew my strength as I wait for you to bring justice to my family or justice to my marriage or justice to my finances. Maybe you can relate to Cassie's story where this man has committed fraud and identity theft and he's stolen. I love what you said. You said, that she wasn't your enemy and he wasn't your enemy. And for those listening, you find yourself in a situation and you need to be reminded of what Cassie said. Those people who wronged you, they're not your enemy. Those people who stole your finances, they're not your enemy. According to God's word in Ephesians 6, your war is not against flesh and blood, but against a principalities, rulers of mm-hmm. darkness. And, mm-hmm. and we need to get an understanding on that, that when we're going through things, in order to see people for who they really are in your situation, it's like, okay, well, he, this man, your ex-husband, he's been oppressed by demons. He, mm-hmm. There's demonic activity over his life. If he was free from this demonic activity, he wouldn't be making the choices he's making because he'd be thinking clearly. He'd be, it would just be different. And so we need to be reminded that whoever you're, whoever, whatever situation you're facing, and you feel like you've been robbed. You feel like you've been done wrong. You feel like you need, you've, there's been injustice. To remember Ephesians 6, that you're up against principalities and rulers of darkness. Ask God, God, what principalities am I up against? What do I need to do? Are there principalities that I need to take authority over? Are there things that I need to repent of in my own life to shut the door to that activity? See, because the enemy only gets activity he only gets rights to to do things in our life if we give him permission. And permission is an open door. So it's sin. Right. It's offense in our heart. It's unforgiveness. It's jealous. It's jealousy. It's gossip. Anything that you're not doing in faith, the Bible says is sin. And that is giving keys to the enemy or permission to the enemy to get you in a foothold, to cause you to slip and to stumble and to fall. And, and so... You know, just listening to your story, I'm like, man, God is the God of justice. And do I believe that justice has fully been um, rendered in your situation? I don't. But I do believe that God is still at work and that God is still moving and that God will bring justice. So I'm excited to see just how or to hear and believing that God is going to bring justice to your situation. I also love what you said about. When you think you you reflect on your past, you're, you you had made the comment that God is still working some things out in your life right now. He's still bringing you through some stuff, and that's true for everybody. That's true for me. I'm working. God is working through some stuff with me. I'm having to grow through some stuff. And I love what you said though that you were reflecting on what God has done. You know, going back over the history of what God's done in the last ten years of your life, and mm-hmm. then. When we do that, it helps us remember that he's the God of the future. And if he was faithful then, he's going to be faithful now, and he's going to be faithful in the future. And I thought about Jeremiah 29, 11, that God has plans to prosper us. And if you're listening mm-hmm. today, I want to be a voice of truth that says, God has plans to prosper you. Um, he, ooh, he does. And he, oh, sorry. Well, I was just going to say, he he's still like those desires in my heart that he laid on you know, me, when I was a small child to be a wife and to be a mom, I mean, obviously I am getting to be a mom. Um, but I still have the desire to be a wife and I know he has, you know, a godly husband out there for me. Um, I don't know where he is, but until then, you know, (laughs) Jesus is my husband and we're good. And, um, Jesus has provided, you know, God has made sure every single, um, ends of mine have always been met. Like not only does, you know, did my ex-husband never 
take care of his kids correctly. He's never paid a dime for them. So I've truly been a 100% single mom my, this entire time. And so, no, I mean, it's stressful um, to be the only breadwinner, but God also has a sense of humor because I did end up having to go to college and I did end up having to climb the corporate ladder, which I do love what I'm doing now. But um, I think, you know, he's going to give me what my heart desires still, but he's like, you know what, Cassie, you're going to go to that college first and you're going to go into a company and work and you're going to do those things that you would have been able to avoid had you just waited for me to send the man I had for you back, you know, Oh gosh, 20 years ago, I guess now, because there are 20 year reunions coming up. So yeah, this is 20 years ago. Goodness. Um, but yeah, I do believe God's still going to be faithful. He's still going to give me those desires because they are still in my heart for a reason. Um, he put them there still. Um, so, but I just think he kind of has a little bit of a sense of humor on the, on the path he's going to take me down. Um, you know, I had to go to that dreaded college and uh, <laughs> I had to do it with three kids in tow and two jobs. So I could have just went at 18 and waited my time and did it a lot easier. But yeah, um, got to learn the hard way, you know, I guess is my, my motto, it seems to be so yeah, he's definitely still a God that's going to um, fulfill my purpose on this earth and fulfill the desires that he has placed on me. So um, I believe that wholeheartedly. Yes. I love the scripture that's in Psalm 37, four, it says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the <laughs> desires of your heart. And I <laughs> believe that if we find our delight in the Lord, truly genuinely for being honest with ourselves, that I am content in the Lord, whether God gives me this husband or doesn't give me this husband, I, I find my delight in God. I believe mm -hmm. when we get to that place that that's when the desires, be he begins to accomplish the desires in our heart. Be why? Because the heart of our desire is pure. It's right. It's in alignment with him. And so I think it's beautiful. You know, there was two more things I wanted to talk about. And one, I think that, you know, you, if you have any, any wisdom on this, I, I definitely want you to share. Um, you made the comment that your kids haven't seen your dad in five years and you're a single mom and mm -hmm. speak raising kids, how important it is that they understand that they have a heavenly father that is good mm -hmm. and that mm -hmm. their earthly father is not is not a full or right representation of their heavenly father and teaching our kids that that God is a good father and that he takes care of all of our needs. First Peter five, seven and helping them have a right perspective of God, because what can happen and it, it did, it, it happened in my situation for a season is that I started to view heavenly father as my earthly father. And there was my earthly father was emotionally checked out. And so mm -hmm. while I thought God was good and great, I didn't think that he really cared about what I had to say or what I was feeling because I was viewing my relationship with him through the lens or woundedness of the relationship, the brokenness of my father. And, you know, I had to go through mm -hmm. a season of healing and, and now I can say that my earth, God has done a healing work in my earthly father. And we talk a lot and we love one another. And it's just, it's been healing hand of God through that relationship but, you know, mm -hmm. again, it's submitting to God and, and allowing him to do the work, even when it's painful. Um, but is there anything you want to share on just maybe how God's helped you grow your children up and saying God is a good God? God, you know, God's not going to leave you or forsake you. God's not going to. He's a safe place. You can trust God. Like, I feel like you have something. I, I do. I actually, I ordered a book. Um, it's called Who's My Daddy? It's a little children's book. So it's definitely good if you have like small daughters because it is about a little girl. There's a woman who speaks. Um, her name is Melissa or Missy. She speaks like with um, Priscilla Schreier and like that whole group that was um, big for a while. I can't, I can see her face. But anyways, you can find it on Amazon. It's called Who's My Daddy? Um, and it's about, she's been a single woman her whole life and she's always wanted a child, but God never brought her a husband. And so she adopted a, a little girl from Haiti, I think Haiti or can, it, another country. And so she just wrote this book to explain to her, like, your dad is God, like your heavenly. And it's a really cute, 
um, Christian book. And it's really good, especially if you have small children, especially small daughters. I got that for my daughter when she was very young. Uh, we read it together several nights. Um, but I also encourage you to, because we as humans, we like to see something physical in front of us. Um, we, we, we are created to have companionship. Um, we are not created to be alone. So I luckily, thankfully, am blessed to have a very great family. And my grandpa, even though he's getting just old as Methuselah, he has still just been this amazing man in, in my life and my children's life. And in all aspects of the word, he's my father, my, my earthly father. My earthly father hasn't always been um, the best to be around. So my grandpa has just very much stepped up to the plate. Um, and he has taught my children things. Um, we have a very great youth pastor at our church. There's a, a guy that was my CrossFit coach when we lived up near the Austin area that really took my oldest son under his wing. He had worked with YMCA kids. It was just like so natural for them to have this great bond. And he would just um, really show him, you know, just not even Christian things, but just like how to shave his face, like, how, you know, things that like men, boys need a man around for, not that I couldn't do it, but I mean, who doesn't want to have their cool older friend teach them, you know, since they didn't have a dad around. Um, I have a friend that has been a really good father figure to my daughter um, for the majority of her life. He's always, you know, made her birthday special for her, things like that. Um, you know, they just, you know, not to overstep, they don't, play a role of parent to my children, but they definitely have these role models um, to help them through um, and to kind of give them someone to go to besides just me. And I think that that's very important too. If you have really great people in your life that you can surround your kids with, and you know, it's always great to have other people love your children. Um, I think that that's a good thing to do too. But um, yeah, that just, definitely showing them that, Hey, you know, God is your father. You don't need another father. You don't, you're not missing out. Like you can't get a better father than our heavenly father. And, um, you know, just making sure they're okay. Making sure that you talk to them about it, making sure that they don't need to maybe talk to, you know, a therapist or, you know, a pastor or some, you know, someone that they trust because sometimes they, depending on what age they are, like, especially that kind of awkward 10 to 12, 13 year old age, they want to talk to someone else about it. And so if you have, you know, a good therapist, Christian therapist, pastor's wife, pastor that would be willing to talk to them, um, you know, they have a safe space to go like that always has helped as well. Um, but yeah, I've just been very blessed to have different men um, in my life that have played, you know, different seasons and different roles for my children. Um, and I'm very grateful for that, um, just so they have something physical also here on earth. Um, so yeah, I, I do that. recommend that book. It's very, it's a very cute book. Um, yeah. Even if, even if your daughter has a great dad at home, like give the book and show her like, Hey, you know, God's your dad. And, um, you know, don't forget, like you can always go to him, um, no matter what. So it's really, I, I like the book too. I'm like, Oh yeah, God's my dad too. <laughs> like, I it's love really it. Cute. So <laughs> as you're talking, I like, I have my laptop out. So I pulled it up. Who's your daddy. Mm -hmm. It's written by Lisa Harper. She is oh, Lisa. Like, okay. Lisa is <laughs> yes. like the bomb theologian. She has yes. her own podcast. Like I just saw her in Dallas in March and I was just like blown away by the revelation that she had yes. of God's word. So who's your yes. daddy? Amazon. I put it in my shopping cart as I was talking to you because I have a two-year-old girl and I have little boys and I want to constantly remind them that their daddy, while they have an earthly daddy, they, they have a heavenly father. And mm -hmm. I think it's just important for us to be teaching our kids that, that God is a good father. And, and I, you know, the thought occurred to me when you were talking, I want to encourage moms and dads that are listening that we're going to mess up and we're going to fall short and praise God that he comes in and he fills those gaps mm -hmm. and he, he makes up for where we've missed the mark. And he, he's so gracious. Like we need to walk in grace as parents and understanding that if we're doing our best and we're submitted to the will of the father and we have a bad day or we miss it or there are things that like man I wish I would have taught my kids just I wish I would have given them greater wisdom in this area that God God will take care of it that God will I think about this I, th I heard Beth Moore say one time she said that we parent like Swiss cheese 
and I picture Swiss cheese, right? It's got all these holes in it. And that mm-hmm. God goes in and he fills all the holes that we couldn't parent perfectly if we tried, that we're, we're going to miss the mark. Uh, you know, right. there's times that we're going to drop the ball in some area. But, oh, praise the Lord that we have a good father that comes in and just fills the holes. Um, yes. The last thing I wanted to cover um, was that, you know, when you talked about Every time you think about Laura and just the gratefulness you have in your heart towards her and how God used her mm-hmm. um, and that you just you had you had assumed that she was one way, but actually listening to the voice of God and inviting her over and having that time of fellowship with her, you realized that actually she wasn't who you thought who who you thought she was she wasn't right. she didn't have the agenda you thought that she had and so i just want to encourage those to listen know what someone's going through and mm-hmm. just to keep our heart in a right standing with god and asking him you know when we want to jump to assumptions i tell my kids this and i've t- i tell my friends this i'm like assumptions are dangerous mm-hmm. assumptions can really put us in a very dangerous position and and we don't want to be people that are put in a dangerous position because we're assuming something about someone based on something that we don't even know to be true um, or how we're reading a person or because of the way they're dressed or the way things they eat or whatever they post on social media we just start assuming all of these things and whether in our mind we assume they're good or bad we base judgments on it. And then we begin to view people from those assumptions and it can, it can just be dangerous. We can misunderstand people and hurt people. And instead what we need to be doing myself included is just asking God to give us eyes for that person in our life. Maybe Mm -hmm. that's rubbed us the wrong way or like Laura was to Cassie in the beginning of her story. Cassie thought she was bad. And how could this mom do this? But when she really had a conversation with Laura, she realized, wow, God was using her to protect her children. Like it wasn't what she thought at all. And so I think that we can avoid that, even that frustration or anger in our own soul against someone. If we would just simply stop and say, God, like, how do you see these people? How do you see them? Or what's going on in their life, God? Or how can I pray for them? Or how can I encourage them? If we just completely just go the other way with it. And then we find ourselves, you know, free of judgment. And and I've been in a place where, you know, God has shown me, Tiffany, like you're assuming something and having to repent and not placing judgment on them. I don't want to place judgment on people and view them out of this place because God might want to use them in my life, you know, profoundly, but because I have these judgments and this assumption against them that, you know, I might miss that divine appointment. I might miss, you know, all that God has for me in that situation or with that person. And so. Absolutely. That was good. Yeah. I think I did miss a lot of um, time with her um, and a lot of time, maybe even co-parenting with her and getting more access to my kids because I was being so, nasty and and mad and I I thought I was very validated because I had court papers in front of me like I had the proof like I said I had a background check ran on her I knew she was fighting to get her kid you know and so to me I was like okay this woman's just a drug head and she's not gonna get her kid back you know like I just ran down that rabbit hole instead of going to her with it and um, if you get a chance to talk to Laura or if anyone listening knows her, you know, she is an open book and she's always been an open book. And if I would have just stopped being stupid and gone to her, I would have figured that out way sooner. And I probably could have saved myself a lot of anger and a lot of um, being in the dark about things about my children when they were spending the time over there. Um, so I even did more things to myself during all of this that because of my stubbornness and because I just knew what. I wanted, um, I can sometimes be that person that will like pray for something and then I'll sit there for five minutes and I'll be like, all right, God, I'll figure it out. Like, I'm going to make this happen. I'm going to get up. And, uh, I really hate that about myself. Like I try to like stop being that person. Um, cause God's like, I may not answer you immediately. Like, you know, this isn't something that I can fix, you know, or I, I want to fix right now or whatever. So, um, yeah, so I very stupidly get myself into those positions a lot because of that. Um, so yeah. 
hopefully I get better and better um, at that every day. <laughs> and, yes, the Bible says, <laughs> Pastor, there's hope. Because the Bible yeah. says that we go from glory to glory. So, mm-hmm. you know what? What we struggled with five years ago, I'm, I'm just like, if we're submitted to the will of the Father, we're not going to mm-hmm. struggle like we did with that now. Mm-hmm. Because we're, we're submitted to the process of refining and sanctification and allowing Him to purge those dead works, allowing him to renew our mind by the washing of the word, allow it as we have relationship with father and intimacy with him, communing with him. There is no way we can stay the same. There is no way we can battle with stuff like we did even yesterday. If we're just, if we're literally in relationship with father, constantly talking to him, I just believe that he's so much bigger than that. And even just with Romans 12 too, renewing our mind by the washing of the word. If we're just getting in the word and letting it renew our mind and give us right perspective, like we're just, we're going to be in a better place We're we are, we're going from glory to glory. And, um, and that's encouraging. It is. Yes. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Well, Kathy, Amen. do you have anything else you want to share before we, um, I would love for us. Um, to pray, but if before we pray, is there anything else you want to share? Uh, no, I think I'm good on that testimony. I have about a thousand testimonies and even stuff he's working on me today. But you know, another time, another place, maybe. Uh, but no, that I think I'm, I'm I feel good about that. Um, I hope my story came across clear and um, is encouraging and is helpful to someone because when you are in that waiting period to get what you know, like, especially if it's your children, just to get them back from a terrible situation, it can feel like forever. It can be forever. I mean, we did that for, I think we fought for four years and it was a long four years. Um, but the, the payoff has definitely been worth it. Um, God kept his hand of protection over my children. Um, and had he not like, you know, he would, he would have still been good. And, um, that was just something else God was working in my heart. If not, he is still good. And so just, um, I think repeat that to yourself as much as you can every day. Like, if not, God is still good. Um, because he is, he is good. And everything in this life is temporary. Um, so, Thankfully, we have a permanent home um, just on the other side. So um, all of this will be um, worth it to get to that. So, yeah, that's, uh, I think, yeah, that's about it. (laughs) Amen. Well, I have enjoyed Mm -hmm. having you on the podcast today. I want to close this podcast out. I want to spend some time in prayer. So if you are up for it, I'd love for you to open in prayer. And then I'm going to come in behind you and close out. And that'll conclude our episode. Okay, yeah, I can do that. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you so much for this opportunity. Um, I thank you so much for keeping my nerves at bay and my emotions in check. I know I get very emotional when I talk about my children. And I just really wanted... Um, every word that came out of my mouth today to be from you. Um, I pray that someone listens to this and is inspired by it. I know that our stories are not um, for us. They are for others. We do not go through anything that you do not use for good. We do not go through anything that you do not use to help someone else. Um, And I just pray that this does encourage someone, does help someone does give someone some resources to go to. Um, I thank you so much for Tiffany and for her heart to serve you. Um, I just very much enjoy watching her um, just talk about you and, and praise you and um, write about you and just the way that she loves you and the way that she brings her family up in you. Um, it's so encouraging. Um, I thank you for our long friendship and that we were able to connect and do this. And um, I just, you know, I'm thankful for the opportunity, thankful to be a part of this. Um, I know it's bigger than all of us. And I just pray, Lord, that it's all for your glory. It's all for your good. In Jesus name, I ask these things. Amen. Yes. And and so if you're listening, if you've listened to me and Cassie, 
and you've never given your life to the Lord, I want to give you an opportunity right now to respond to the gospel of the kingdom of heaven. The Bible says in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. The Bible also says, call on the name of the Lord and you shall be saved. I want to encourage you right now that if you've never given your life to the Lord, it is simple as calling on his name right now. Jesus, come and be the Lord of my life. So wherever you're at, I want to encourage you to open your mouth and begin to Call on the name of Jesus. Ask him to be the Lord of your life. Believe in your heart, confessing with your mouth that Jesus died on the cross for your sins. He was buried and he rose again and he's coming back. The Bible says, if you believe it in your heart and you confess it with your mouth, that you are saved and that 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 all of heaven is rejoicing, that your name is being written in the Lamb's book of life. And because of the blood that was shed on the cross, you have now been reconciled to God, the Father in heaven, and you will spend eternity in heaven with Jesus with God, with Holy Spirit, with me and Cassie. And so we want to say welcome to the family. Father, and I also pray for those listening today that that can relate to Cassie's testimony, that can relate to a husband that has a drug problem, that can relate to a husband that steals money, that can relate to a husband that is not um, is not providing um, mentally and emotionally for his bride. God, that Maybe their children are in a bad situation, Father. Maybe there's another woman involved, God. I pray right now that you would come into their situation just like you did Cassie's and that you would do what only you can do, Father. That you would begin to restore, repair, redeem, heal, Father. That situation, I pray for marriages, God. Marriages that are that are in rough terrain, God, I pray. And I declare your word that nothing is too hard for you, God. I pray that there'd be fruit of repentance. I pray that there'd be reconciliation and restoration. God, I pray for children that are involved, God. I pray for their protection according to Psalm 91. I pray, God, that you would bring justice. I declare that you are the God of justice. And I thank you that you will bring justice in these people's circumstances situations, God, that they will see the hand of the Lord move. God, I ask that you would reveal to those listening today, how are you working all things together for their good and your glory? God, I thank you. Father, I pray that we would not have assumptions against other people or judgments on other people, that you would give us eyes to see your people, how you see them. God, and I ask, Father, and that you would just go before us, that you would lead us, guide us, direct us. Father, I thank you for Cassie. I thank you that her story is not over. I thank you, God, that it is her story for your glory. God, and I bless her and her household. I bless the work of her hands, Father. I bless the desires of her heart, God, that in due season she shall reap harvest. God, that she will... Um, have this desire met of a godly husband. Father, I thank you. I thank you, God, that you have worked and are working all things together for Cassie's good and for your glory. So, Father, I pray for every man, woman, and child that hears my voice, that your anointing would break the yoke, that they would experience your presence, your love, your glory in a way they haven't before. I claim victory in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Well, Cassie, thank you so much for being a guest on my podcast. I've enjoyed our time together. And um, I I would love to have you on again to share another testimony. You said you have multiple testimonies. So we'll get together and we'll get you scheduled to get on again. And um, okay, awesome. thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I look forward to that. There's lots of work God does in my life, thankfully. So <laughs> and I'm one of his frequent flyers. So. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Good. Well, so. that's going to conclude our test, our episode today on Testimonies with Tiffany. So remember, you do what's possible and let God do what's impossible. Thanks for listening to Testimonies with Tiffany. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review online. To catch all the latest from Tiffany, you can follow her on Instagram at TifferTom, and you can subscribe to her email list to get exclusive updates at 
travisandtiffanytombry.com. That's all spelled out. (laughs) Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.